Ahoy hoy. Welcome to episode 19 of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and as always, joined by Ski. Hello, hello. And Brent. Present. And uh, today we're going to continue on our journey to discover the greatest episode of the entire series of the Golden Girls. Without any additional explanation, I'll go ahead and turn it over to Ski for the recap. Before we do this, can I, may I interject something? Yeah. So... Um, Two weeks back, or week and a half back, ten days, mm-hmm. give or take, I was out and about in the world. Um, you know, back when you could do such a thing, right? And <laughs> it was one of those things that um, um, I was accosted by one of our listeners, and that had never happened to me before. What? So, um, Your and, wife, I assume? No, no, I was I was with my wife, <laughs> oh, okay. and I think going forward, if a fan approaches me while I'm with my family, I'd be like, no, no, not right now. <laughs> but you know, this young lady seemed pleasant enough. A uh, young listener named Amy oh, okay. came up to me and <laughs> said that you know she'd enjoyed the podcast quite a bit. Um, she had listened to three episodes and was getting ready to listen to the fourth episode. So I hope she did. And I hope she's, you know, been listening since then. And like if Amy, if you are still out there listening and you're all the way up to episode 19, you know, may God have mercy on your soul. I'm sorry for what we put you through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, just in case anybody's curious. That was a beautiful uh, sentiment. Yeah. Amy is a relative, um, (laughs) but but still a listener. So, so we, we value her just as much as we would any other listener, which is more than any relative. Yeah. So exactly. Within the Venn diagram, there's relatives and listeners and she's right there in that sweet spot. For both. Yeah. Yep. And she's not my relative. She's just yours. Yeah, exactly. Double so. shading. Well, I actually, um, just to you know, kind of continue on with the news, recently learned news, um, I have discovered I may have to end this podcast uh, very prematurely because I was told by another person in that Venn diagram mm-hmm. who actually lives in this house with me that you, Brent, are the funniest part of the podcast. Really? And, yeah, and I'm <laughs> not particularly happy about it, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm happy for you, but... Uh, you know, it's that makes sense to me because I mean, obviously, you know, I broke up my parents' marriage, I've broken up my own, and now I'm just branching out and breaking up other people's. Our, our marriage is still on relatively steady ground, as steady ground as it was before that information was learned. So, and I did definitely remind her that, like, hey, you got a lot of baggage you're getting if you decide to jump this ship onto that. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you, you make your decisions wisely. But, but anyways, so uh, to interject once again, I, I believe that you have an anecdote that you have been saving for us about a comedy show. Now, is that the anecdote? Just yeah, to, we've already passed it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, then I may have to cut that last extra part, part out then. Uh, not the entire part, just me referencing yeah. the anecdote that's already been told. <clears throat> okay, so Hard with to that, believe I'm the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn it back over to Ski. And I don't know if I said already, episode 19, second motherhood, is the uh, the topic of today's discussion. All right, the original air date was February 15th, 1986, written by Christopher Lloyd, yes. uh, not the Christopher Lloyd from the Back of the Future, just. Right. To clarify, different guy. But the one from Modern Family? Yes, he did Modern Family, uh, Wings, and also another one. I uh, can't remember. He's another, a Frasier. Yeah. He did it. some Frasier episodes, apparently. Wow, it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. so he's got a, a storied past. Yeah, that's quite a quite a resume. <laughs> but uh, And then directed by Gary Shimakawa. Hmm. 
Not the Gary. No. <laughs> <laughs> the other Gary Shemakawa. <laughs> Gary I, I didn't look Jr. him up. <laughs> right. I didn't look him up. I don't know what else he did. Okay. This is probably just this one. Just right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then. Spoiler alert. Next week's episode was also directed by him. Oh, well, you know what? I didn't even pay attention, so yeah. good to know. No, I scratched that. He did not direct next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I misremembered. <laughs> so you just remembered your research about this episode and transposed it on to next week? Exactly. <laughs> okay. He's like, I know I've heard that name somewhere. <laughs> so I'm sure that he directed many other fine programs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably several episodes of this series, honestly. More than likely. I want to say he did another one previously, but I don't remember. I have to look at their notes. Okay. I want to say he was our 16th president. That doesn't make it so. <laughs> I think good old Abe would have something to say about that. Yeah, it is It is odd that you wish that this guy would have <laughs> taken the place of arguably the greatest president that we've had. I wanted to go with I him. I think you just have a lot of faith in his ability to lead in times of trouble, exactly. right? I just wanted to go with a number that everybody knew would be wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like if I had gone with 32nd, they'd be like, wait a second, was he the 32nd? <laughs> Exactly. It wasn't the time for a thinker. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we open into uh, the living room. We see Dorothy and Rose are discussing uh, a quote. They're walking out of the bathroom, actually, the back, room, back bathroom. Uh, they're talking with a plumber who claims that his offer is the best price you're going to find. Uh, they disagree and uh, end up closing the door in his face while he's kind of arguing his point. Right. He's, he's kind of gruff with him, but not too rude. <laughs> Just kind of very matter-of-fact, like, I can do the job, you clearly can't. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember, because this this episode features quite a bit of um, sexism in it, and mm-hmm. I can't remember if it started with that first plumber or if it wasn't until our oh, second he, plumber. He did make the comment, yeah. if I recall, that, you know, I guess you ladies are going into your uh, women's lib movement a little bit late in life. Yeah. And, yeah. So ageism as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at least it's consistent, I guess. <laughs> uh, he looks just as old, if not older than them, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit younger. I think maybe I a little younger, but either way, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think your point is well taken, though, that he's hitting both spectrums. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. We then find out uh, the girls kind of uh, walk out into the uh, kitchen, and we feel that, or find that Rose kind of reveals that she knows uh, quite a bit about plumbing from mm-hmm. uh, doing work when she was younger. Uh, I think she even mentions, though, that they never got plumbing until she was 18, though. Yeah, I wonder who taught Rose how to do the indoor plumbing. If they didn't even have it until she was 18 years old, then assumably her father or mother or whoever in the house wouldn't have been an expert plumber themselves <laughs> to teach her the, the ropes on it. Well, we don't know that they uh, didn't do plumbing on the farm elsewhere, though. Well, that's true. That's but, right. you know, we've also it established... indoor plumbing. <laughs> just oh, had a yeah. crap around the front yard. <laughs> Well, you know, we discussed the timelines are, are often uh, mm-hmm. uh, quite specious on this show. Mm-hmm. But if they, she was 18, and we already know that she would have had to get married to Charlie when she was quite young mm-hmm. in order for their uh, long marriage to have worked out. Yeah. Maybe Charlie was the plumbing expert. Yeah, he could be. I mean, maybe. Playing pipe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not only is he good, um, good with insurance, yeah. but also, <laughs> also with the pipes. Uh, despite Sophia's concerns that they're gonna screw it up somehow Dorothy specifically uh, they decide that they're gonna go ahead and do the remodel themselves uh, to save a considerable amount of money Uh, then Blanche enters asking uh, to borrow Dorothy's necklace 
And uh, we find that she's been dating a very wealthy man named Richard. And she likes him very much, but uh, doesn't want him to think that she likes him just for his money. Right. And so, you know, when she's with him, she kind of under, underplays how impressed she actually is with uh, all of his items and stuff he has. Uh, and she reveals to the girls that she thinks she may be falling in love with him. She she falls in love kind of easy, it seems, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, this is our 19th episode. And uh, obviously it started off the entire thing with her getting engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that there's been several times where she's been kind of head over heels in a relatively <laughs> relatively young series at this point. So Agreed. And then we kind of change scenes. Uh, we see Blanche and Richard on his private jet. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, flying to Atlanta for dinner. Uh, Richard kind of dotes on Blanche about how uh, amazing he thinks she is. And then he tells her a little bit about his backstory, about how mm-hmm. you know he did always used to be rich mm-hmm. and how he earned his money. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Blanche is in the background struggling to adjust a reclining seat. Yeah, that was a fun scene where she was just trying to figure out how to get it back yeah. up the entire time. And, and Richard, of course, is preoccupied with like preparing some more d'oeuvres or drinks or something. And right. She's yeah. in the background flailing around. <laughs> uh, he talks about uh, you know needing someone though to share his life with, and uh, she says she hoped that he would say something like that. And then they toast and kiss. Change scene again. And then it's uh, late at night. Rose is banging a wrench on the inside bathroom wall because uh, they're going to be doing this work. Uh, Dorothy comes in. They're both in their uh, nightgowns, by the way, mm-hmm. and explains that, yeah, hey, Rose, do you know what's on the other side of that <laughs> that wall? Mm-hmm. And she says, like, uh, some special kind of, like, um, piping or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, well, do you know what's on the other side of that? <laughs> I'm just like, no. And she's like, my head <laughs> it was like where she's sleeping yeah that was a good lead up to screaming at rose um, <laughs> it was nice and calm and then yeah. calm a second time and then you know yeah. go ahead and uh, lay into her for her <laughs> wall banging almost like charlie to be back on the phone <laughs> right exactly <laughs> uh then blanche enters even though it's late she sees the girls you know uh, in the bathroom and uh, tells them about her very exciting night uh rose and blanche kind of simultaneously tell different stories. Mm-hmm. Rose is telling about what she thinks about their plumbing work to be done. Like she, she's had like an epiphany on how to do it mm-hmm. well. And Blanche is also trying to explain uh, how she's going to be meeting Richard's mm-hmm. family and thinks that he may propose. Yeah, you know, they never really revisit this, but, you know, Rose has come up with an idea she thinks is going to change the face of plumbing forever. Yes, yeah, that, I was glad you said that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that'd be kind of a big deal. Uh-huh. And everyone there. else just dismisses it. Maybe just because of her history, but... She seems pretty competent in this field. Yeah, I mean, plumbing yeah. definitely seems to be a, a, at least an area that she has a reasonable amount of knowledge on. So. Yeah. yeah, enough to get them started and you know, ultimately complete this full re, you know remodel. Right. Sophia then kicks them out so she can use the can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of my favorite lines of the episode. Um, oh yeah, Blanche says something like, "I live like a queen." <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the exact line. At least I wrote it down, but I can't. Um, huh. Yeah, I, so I remember it pretty so well. Like, take Go. it to your bedroom, your highness. I need to use the throne. Yeah, something <laughs> along those lines. Yep, that, that was almost exactly it. So Perfect. Um, but then um, we cut scene again. Dorothy and Rose are now entering the living room. Their clothes are a little bit tattered and dirty. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it doesn't like they're covered in excessive Not tattered, amount of filth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's like they've been digging a tunnel into the house or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, and especially when they show the bathroom later on, it doesn't seem like there's dirty at all. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, it's even when it's mid, you know, uh-huh. mid construction, it's not like it's covered in filth itself. Exactly. It's, so you got like automotive car grease all over her. Or yeah. Well, and then what, what I was struck by, I have done plumbing work, uh-huh. uh, work and stuff, and it usually, I mean, it's. It's got a lot of grease and dirt, so yeah, I mean, being yeah. dirty is not unusual. For sure, but it would yeah. be smeary. Right, like, yeah. they were just kind of dingy, like they'd been living <laughs> on the street for a week or two. Exactly, it, it wasn't. I didn't see any smears or any kind of like streaks on their clothing. It was just an, an overall. Like, not brightness to their clothes, like mm-hmm. they've been washing without. So, basically, you're saying the makeup people should have really consulted with actual back- plumbers yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. find no, out. No background work on that one. Yeah. yeah. You really missed the mark. <laughs> Looked like Dorothy had been cosplaying as Andy Dufresne. <laughs> what I'm so, like, she had crawled three miles through a river of shit for her freedom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must have been based on the book. See, <laughs> see, he's the funniest, Al. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hands down. Yeah, well, it's easy to be funny when you just sit back there and wait for your chances. <laughs> when you don't have to fly the ship, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> A lot of funny co-pilots out there, not there that many go. funny pilots. <laughs> You got your own, pi- your own private jet, though? No, I do not. Rich, but Richard, if I did... Richard does. If I had my own <laughs> private jet, I'd have a stewardess that would mix those drinks for me so uh-huh. that I could help Blanche with her chair um, situations. <laughs> like, where would the stewardess go gentleman. when you're trying to talk to the lady? Behind that curtain? quietly. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm paying, you know, for a full service uh, situation here. And so if that means you stand there quietly while I woo my lady, that's what the job entails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they talk about how excited they are about the, the jobs, how well it's going, basically. Uh, and then Sophia enters and she kind of talks about how she walked into the bathroom and uh, saw just a hole in the ground where she expected the toilet to be. She thought. She said, "I thought I was back in Sicily for a moment." Did you miss a page? Did I? I don't think so. Was there a part that uh, was in there that you felt like was left out? Maybe not. I don't know. They came in the living room. They're all dingy, and they kind of sit on the couch, mm-hmm. talking about how excited they are about how well things are going, yeah. how the toilet's going to arrive soon. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think Dorothy actually laments a bit about uh, the fact that uh, she's excited yeah. <laughs> about having yeah a toilet the, arrive. Yeah. Gotcha. When they should be having more fun on a Friday night or something. Well, I guess. Or was you, it Saturday? You, I forget. You no. probably did skip over the other plumber arriving with the toilet, didn't yeah. you? Or Not was yet. That, oh, was that a little later Hasn't on? Hasn't happened. Oh, yeah, okay. That's right. Fair okay. enough. I think that's probably where Brent's at. Well, yeah, because you mentioned that Sophia was all excited about how there was a toilet in the living room. Not yet. Not yet. No, no. She, he, was, he just talked about the hole in the bathroom that she had commented on. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. She said, for a moment, I thought Sophia. I was back in Sicily. Gotcha. <laughs> My bad. You can edit this whole part out. Oh, okay. I like it. This episode's going to be eight minutes after I'm done editing our mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) And half of that was my anecdote about my band. Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Rose suggests that Blanche uses the... Real quick, can can I go back to that real quick? Sure. For like one brief moment, like everybody around us sort of perked up like who is this podcast celebrity in our midst oh. <laughs> <laughs> we did hand out the business cards right rose suggests to blanche or to sorry rose suggests to sophia that she uses blanche's mm-hmm. bathroom 
uh, uh, Sophia says something along the lines of she doesn't like using that one because there's so many plants. Yeah. And she feels like she's going outside. <laughs> <laughs> Just then the toilet does arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, a uh, plumber named Lou brings yeah. it in. It strikes me that uh, he is easy, seems to be easily holding this toilet with by by himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's a burly enough guy, but yeah. it's not like yeah. he's Lou Ferrigno or something. Yeah. I mean, he's not like a bodybuilder. He's right. an average-looking working man. Blue collar, you know, you know yeah. just you know, kind of dad bod kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Comes in, sits the toilet down. Then he uh, talks to the girls about, hey, you know, I got it. Where do you want me to install it? Dorothy explains to him that they will be installing the uh, the toilet, and then he he kind of scoffs at him, explains how it's man's work, mm-hmm. and says something along the lines of. Well, while you guys are playing uh, plumber, how about you play moving man too? Puts the toilet down in the uh, living room, just right by the couch. Walks on out. Yeah, I feel like that's something that you could definitely complain to the store yeah, that you a, purchased that. It's from. a dick move. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's really something where it, it, it's completely uncalled for because she's not rude about it when she's saying she's not, they're going to yeah. do it. She gets maybe a little rude when he starts being. Yeah, she you gets know, a little a lippy back, but yeah. Only in retaliation yeah, versus, exactly. or defense, really, not retaliation. That sounds right. more offensive. The um, so Alan Bloomfield, who played Lou, mm-hmm. um, him and Richard uh, were in inner space together the following year. Oh, were they really? <laughs> Very nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, he's been he's had a lot of uh, bit type roles. He, he often yeah. plays the same kind of character, though. I noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Richard too, always plays like that smarmy guy. Yeah. Yeah, like he was in UHF, I think. And I remember that, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, all three of the guests on this particular episode had a lot of um, a lot of credits to their names. None mm-hmm. of them really ever starred in I – mean, I think one – I think Richard was in, I don't know, 38 episodes of uh, Flamingo Road, which was the show Ooh, I'd never yeah, heard Yeah, I love that one. Um, but aside from that, it's like most of them were six, seven episodes or less yeah. on anything they appeared in. But. Quite a bit, and two of the three of them, the the two plumbers, both appeared in subsequent episodes of Golden Girls. Yeah. So yeah. we'll get to revisit with them. You know, probably is as he Lou again. still? I, I don't. I don't believe he's Lou. I believe he. Oh, I believe they both play new characters. Yeah, dang it. Lou played Mister Ha Ha <laughs> in a later episode. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see who Mister Ha Ha ends up being. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, he lays down where where it was and walks on out. Um, Rose and Dorothy then uh, attempt to move it and they cannot between right. the two of them. Yeah. So that's what I thought was a little bit weird that, you know, he alone is stronger than both of them. Which well, I it think doesn't appear they can even budget. It's yeah. not like they're <laughs> they, like, they oh, you know, it's so heavy and we can only move it a few steps. Yeah, it's they, like, they don't uh, lean it over at all. It yeah. doesn't seem like it's even going to happen. It doesn't wiggle or scooch it. No, an yeah, I mean, it's like they're they're trying to move a completely permanent fixture already. <laughs> um, exactly. It's a goddamn sword in the stone. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now, that right before they started trying to move, it was, I think, my favorite line of the episode because Sophia walks in and asked if that was a plumber um and dorothy says uh it was a girl scout just selling girl scout toilets <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> well, just before that like when lou shows up at the door he's like plumber she's like can i see some identification yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah when he's got the toilet in his hands <laughs> yeah i felt like this episode had a lot of good one-liners yeah. the, the whole 
bathroom remodel B story mm-hmm. was one of the best B stories I think they've done it so almost, far. Exactly. I mean, I think both, both the stories were almost equidistant in this mm-hmm. case. Yeah. Like, with the, especially with the amount of shared time. Yeah. I think you just look at, at the Blanche story as being the A story because it's the one that would be more consequential yeah, in the big picture. Yeah, it has picture. more weight to it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I agree as far as the amount of time they spent on each. Although, yeah. you think about this way, that bathroom's going to be around a lot yeah. longer than Blanche's relationship oh, that's was. That's true. And what was the title of this episode? Uh, se- or let's see, it was uh, Second, Second Motherhood. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. it's sort of a Blanche type thing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if they'd have gone at, you know, Tale of Two Thrones or something like that. <laughs> right. Then it been. I like that one. I like that a lot, actually. A little more ambiguous. We'll make our side our side play about that. There you, you know. go. Right. <laughs> Add it to my fan fiction. Inspired title. by. You know. <laughs> um, so yeah, we see that uh, we got this immovable toilet sitting on the ground here. And uh, <laughs> bringing in the juggernaut. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think uh, Rose makes some sort of a comment about if they can build the pyramids. Um, yeah. And Dorothy's <laughs> giving me 20,000 uh, Israelites or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does he feel like Hebrews or something? Yeah, Hebrews, like it yeah. Something. <laughs> it's like, uh, it was just an odd word choice. I was like, oh, I guess that's what they were called then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly accurate. Yeah, <laughs> I would suppose yeah. most of the slaves back then probably did fall into that category. Yeah. So. I suppose it's a little less or more PC than saying, give me 20,000 Jews. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be almost harsher, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, definitely a, yeah. a less harsh word. Um, not that Jews is a harsh word, but if no, you're using well, it in like, that context. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the world of Hollywood. Because oh, well, sure, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood's a... Could be abrasive. Mm-hmm. It's very diverse. Uh, so as as they're trying to struggle to uh, move this thing, mm-hmm. Sophia kind of then chases after Lou, yeah. saying, you know, what do you mean? you ch-? Like they let him go, and yeah. she kind of accosts, or not accosts, but uh, she, she follows after him to try and kind of mm-hmm. get him to come back. And then just uh, Blanche arrives. She has really great timing. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> that It wasn't a line, but I, I mean, I'll let you go on. But that was one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Blanche arrives home uh, with Richard, mm-hmm. opens the door saying she'd like to uh, like him to meet her roommates, mm-hmm. but sees Rose <laughs> sitting on the toilet in the living room, <laughs> right. quickly slams the door and says, but they're not home right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a really funny scene, just in general. I mean, there was the line. There wasn't a line that was particularly great mm-hmm. out of that, but just the imagery of it was. Well, was and then fantastic. also, I thought didn't Rose even do like the little yeah, like sit, the like thinker, the, the thinker, like <laughs> yeah, sitting yeah. on the potty pose. Yeah. So, like, if you were to use your, you know, private jet to fly a young lady to Atlanta for dinner, mm-hmm. would you expect to be invited in for coffee? Or given the bum rush at the front doorstep. Well, I guess I would have assumed that the thank you for the dinner would have happened on the plane ride Uh on the way back. Um, Not necessarily that I was needing to, you know, wait to be invited in. Gotcha. Now I would still think that it would be appropriate to be like, hey, do you want to come in and, and, you know, hang out for a little bit, chat for whatever. Yeah. Do you think it was the flight there where Blanche got over her fear of flying that she had in the last episode? Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Maybe it's just fear of flying. Maybe she was just worried about the germs and whatnot on the other gotcha. planes, and with only you know the one man and assumably a pilot, gotcha. then she was all right. Well, she says she likes to take a uh, a private jet whenever she jets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that kind of struck me as odd is like even though Rose was sitting on the toilet in the living room, that was an easily explainable situation. Well, Blanche wouldn't have known about it just yet, though. As yeah, far but she as why knew that, that they were doing the remodel. Yeah, 
I'm sure she didn't think, oh, they're just going to go ahead and put it there in the living room. (laughs) She's a lady. She doesn't want to discuss such matters. Yeah, that's probably more of it, yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to get into it. But uh, she says her goodbyes to uh, Richard at the door, and he departs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then she comes in, shows the girls the sizable engagement ring that she'd gotten. Uh, Dorothy uh, congratulates Blanche, Mm -hmm. who then tells him that, you know, while she's excited and it was Mm -hmm. really beautiful, uh, she can't marry him. And then we cut scene, but it's again this is a commercial scene, so we we pick up at the exact same spot. And she explains to him that uh, um, while she met Richard's family, she was expecting like his grandma mm-hmm. and like spinster aunt, spinster yeah. aunt, yeah. Uh, but turns out he has uh, two kids, seven and nine years old, which mm-hmm. were much younger than he envisioned or she envisioned rather. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, she goes on to say that uh, she's not sure if she really wants to be a mom again. My favorite line of the, the, the show was, how can I say no to the man I love? I can't even say no to the men I like. Yeah, that was a really good one. Uh, she storms into the kitchen, and the girls kind of follow her. She mm-hmm. can tell she's quite upset by the the kind of internal mm-hmm. struggle. Real quick, like, don't you think that that's another one of those things that Richard should have mentioned previously? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know how long <clears throat> they've been dating for, yeah. but... Yeah, I don't think this is something that just happened. And if you're taking someone to meet your family, yeah, just like several episodes back, you know, when Rose was dating a, a little person, yeah, yeah, you know, you would tell people almost immediately about oh, this yeah. big thing. I think, you know, mm-hmm. granted, I don't know, you have been in the dating world post children. Mm-hmm. I have not, yeah. um, but I'd assume that if there was anybody who you got past a first date with, maybe a second date, even. Um, yeah you would have told them, yeah, I have kids, right? Like, that would have been pretty early on in the discussions. Exactly. But he seems like he plays everything close to the vest. Like, his whole story about being self-made, he waited until, like, doesn't that seem like the kind of thing you would open with? Or, you know, tell me about yourself. Well, I've not always been rich. Yeah, well, especially because you feel like that'd be something you'd have a lot of pride in. Exactly. You know, you you would almost start off with that um, as opposed to like, yeah, I'm really, really rich. Just so you know, let me show you the ways I can impress you. And here about a month (laughs) into our relationship, I'll tell you how that happened. Exactly. I mean, at the very least, I mean, obviously, you know, if the youngest one's seven, you know, his, you know, most recent wife couldn't have been deceased that long. Right. I mean, at most seven years. And do we even know? I don't think they ever even say. Yeah, we don't say why there's not a mom in the uh, picture at this point. Right. So far we know there could be another mom out there, you know. Maybe Richard used to have two private jets, and now he's down to one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it seems like, I mean, if the kids are, doesn't she say, like, they lost their mom or they're with him all the time or? Something to that effect, though, or just that she thinks that um, he's maybe looking for someone to help take care of them. So that would intimate that, you know, they're with him quite a bit. Exactly, yeah. So I think the spinster aunt needs to step up. Yeah, it sounds like (laughs) it. So Blanche, again, kind of reiterates that she she doesn't think she really wants to be a mom again. And at this point in her life, Mm -hmm. at least, how, you know, it was wonderful. She loved it. But at this point, she, she kind of thought this half of the life or her life would be for her. Yeah, and she could kind of focus on things she wants to do with her, with her uh, time. I think she gave that same speech to her kids, and that's why they never come around. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that the Dorothy then you know that leads into you know Dorothy being against it, and yeah. and Rose being for it, and Dorothy goes through her whole speech about how you go with uh, grandkids, and they come over, and you know more or less that you know you get to see them and. 
spend time and have fun, but then you get to, when you're exhausted, you get to send them back home with their mother and they <laughs> become their mother's problem, which it's like, yeah, for the next like six months or however long it is before yeah. you see your daughter and granddaughter again, <laughs> since you almost never get to see any of them. Yeah. Um, but. Well, and another thing I thought was kind of funny is when, uh, before the other girls start talking, Blanche says, oh, I already know what you're going to say. You know, mm-hmm. Dorothy's going to tell me, you know, she, I should, you know, I'm, I'm overthinking it. And Rose will say, I'd never be with them. And then mm-hmm. the, the other girls are the exact opposite. Rose right. is like, I'd marry him. And well, Dorothy, it's kind of a fool's bet on Blanche's part to expect any consistency amongst <laughs> these characters. Yeah. Because it seems like it's just week by week. They're just sort of making it up as they go along. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I would think, honestly, I would have guessed they'd go the way they went. Um, mm-hmm. I would think that'd be more likely than than the way that she guessed they would go anyway, just because mm-hmm. Rose seems like the consummate mother. Yeah. So it seems like she would have been the one who, who would have been all for, mm-hmm. you know, mothering more children. Yeah. So. Well, and to that end, uh, Dorothy and Rose kind of go back and forth with different uh, opposing viewpoints. Dorothy's mm-hmm. stance is basically, you know, the pitfalls and struggles of parenting, where Rose talks about all the, the, the happy and fun times. Right. So uh, Dorothy talks about how, you know, at this point they should be grandmas now, not moms. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Rose kind of talks about how when she was younger, she goes into one of her St. Olaf uh, stories about how Mother's Day when she was younger, they had uh, a bunch of weird traditions, basically. I think she said something about uh, they start by rubbing their cat on her face. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. They have allergies back in this. <laughs> right, apparently not. Maybe that's how they condition you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. She talked about how they had sock puppets shows. and mm, yeah. uh, Didn't she say something about uh, pancakes in bed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like buttermilk. Yeah. Uh, like waffles with buttermilk. Um, I don't think that sounds good. I need buttermilk to drink, right? Yeah, I assume so. <laughs> I've had buttermilk. Is, is it good? Before. Yeah, buttermilk. Well, yeah, but yeah. I got the impression that it was the beverage that came with the waffles. Oh, so it's buttermilk and waffles? Yeah, it's like you get waffles and buttermilk, See, like not buttermilk pancakes. Yeah, quite a rich. <laughs> I don't like buttermilk. Buttermilk. I also don't like eggnog, and you think I would. Yeah. Well, you're quite the rummy, so I'm surprised. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common rum pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, though. People still destroy a bomb for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be for a future podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. We'll explain that joke in 2034. Right. <laughs> The Rose suggests that Blanche maybe give it a few days and get to know mm-hmm. the kids, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Rose or Blanche really kind of says, you know what, maybe you're right, mm-hmm. maybe I'm overthinking, it. so she agrees. Sophia then enters and uh, apologizes to Dorothy yeah. about some of the statements she'd made earlier about uh, her lack of plumbing skills. Mm-hmm. She had apparently seen the uh, toilet sitting in the front of the TV and mm-hmm. loves it. She's like, it's an old lady's dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was a pretty great line, too. Yeah, I'd have to say, had she run the plumbing, you know, like under the the ground and all that, um, mm-hmm. that would be really impressive, regardless <laughs> of if that's where you wanted the toilet at. Yeah. Um, but I think that's... Yeah, that would be a huge step up and, and no mess already. Right, so. yeah. I mean, that would be an impressive amount <laughs> of plumbing. have to be doing the carpet, plumbing. everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Unless you just pull up the carpet, tore up the ground, and just kind of laid it on top of it. Right. No one will notice. Don't don't walk there. Yeah. <laughs> just pour a cup of water in there when you want to flush it down to the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, and then we cut scene. At this point, we see uh, Rose and Dorothy in the bathroom. At this point, there's a big hole uh, in the wall right where the uh, toilet's supposed to be hooked up. Um, they're kind of struggling to get uh, something to uh, hook up. Um, I think this, at some point, uh, they turn the water on by accident, mm-hmm. and it won't shut off. Uh, just then, Sophia brings good old Lou back into the bathroom, mm-hmm. uh, and he's uh, there just in time to shut off the water that they are unable to turn off on their own. Uh, he tells them that their attempt to fix it themselves was cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very condescending. But now it's time to get a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy kind of grabs his wrist roughly and escorts him to the front door, uh, shutting the door in his face also mm-hmm. as he... I think both of the plumbers were, uh, as, as she shuts the door in her face, were telling her something, as we say in the plumbing game... Right. <laughs> Now, you would think, too, though, I mean, with with Dorothy's strong grip that she was able, I mean, the, the man complains about him hurting hey, I his. I with my hands. Yeah, exactly, but wasn't strong enough to lift a toilet, even budget toilet, <laughs> but she can almost She has anger loose. strength, you yeah, know. Apparently so. So I guess someone just needs to piss her off, and she can yeah. carry that toilet herself. Gamma. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she hulks out. Um, Blanche arrives home yet again. Say what? Gray Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) There is a Gray Hulk. (laughs) So, uh, like I said, Blanche has perfect timing. So she arrives home, and uh, they're in the living room at this point. They all sit down to hear about her trip to uh, Bermuda she Mm -hmm. had taken with uh, Richard and the kids. She talks about how she had a great time with the kids, Mm -hmm. but uh, Richard had to leave for business issues. He was called away at the last minute, which apparently is a common occurrence. Mm I blame Gretchen. I think even uh, one of the the kids. Oh, this is a good line too. Uh, little Richard says, <laughs> yeah. uh, "You know, don't worry, Daddy does this all the time or something." Yeah. And then Rose is like, "You saw Little Richard in Bermuda?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Dorothy says, "Yeah, he was burying Fats Domino in the sand." <laughs> right. <laughs> that was really really funny. She then talks about how you know she was concerned initially about mm-hmm. you know being a mom, but now she's more concerned about. Uh, the fact that he devotes so much time to work mm-hmm. uh, over the kids or mm-hmm. her, yeah, and how she doesn't think that uh, she would really sustain such a relationship, right? And we kind of cut scene there, and we're back on the private jet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Richard uh, you know, discussing uh, something important on the phone, while uh, Blanche kind of sits nearby. She's in a nice uh, kind of evening dress. <laughs> After the uh, call's over, he kind of sits down and gives her a drink. I think, ask her uh, what. Uh, she says something like she'd need to talk to him, and he says, "I want to ask you a question too. Ask her where she uh, wants to go on their honeymoon." Yeah, I think the options. He he starts off. He was going to take her to Paris, but he didn't know if she even likes Paris, so she might want to take a cruise in the Caribbean or go to the Orient. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice that it leaves it wide Various, open. Yes, yeah. quite quite variegated options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're seeing how they're leaving Bermuda. She's probably had her fill. Yeah, the <laughs> island life. But exactly. I don't know. Blaine seems like that would be her ideal type of vacation to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She never has struck me as the type who's like, oh, I want to see all the sights. Mm-hmm. It seems more like she wants to see the men on the beach type of a mm-hmm. yeah. type of a situation to me. So, But you never know. Maybe she's a, a woman who would enjoy the Great Wall of China. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, you know, she kind of changes the subject and tells him about her concerns about how initially she was worried about starting over as a, as a mom to young kids. But now that she's kind of gotten to know them uh, and, and seen a little more of uh, how he interacts with them, sees that his priorities are work over family almost always and how she is actually number three in his list. Like, 
work, kids, her. And uh, she wants him to be, you know, focus more on the kids at this point because, you know, that should be the most important thing in his life right now versus, you know, all the business stuff that he does and then maybe trying to squeeze in, kind of shoehorn a new wife and then a honeymoon besides. And ultimately, they kind of, he, he kind of infers, you know, you can't marry me. And she, she tells him, no, not right now. But uh, maybe later on, you know, once you've gotten uh, a little more time with your kids, things have slowed down, I can come back. Right. Yeah, now both of the plumbers, you know, like I said, make appearances later on in the series. But Richard does not. So I guess there never comes a point in the next <laughs> seven years that Richard is ready to, to settle down. Um, At least not to the, the extent she requires, right? Right. Yeah, Richard's one of those kind of guys that, I don't know, I guess just isn't me. Um, <laughs> because, you look, Richard, you know, to me, he definitely looks to be older than Blanche. Um, I would guess Richard to be in his, you know, like early 60s uh, Yeah. At, at this point. I would say at least mid to late 50s. Yeah, at least. And, and obviously very rich. Um, and assumably this business he owns, he could hand off the reins to somebody else and you know, still even be making money off of it, uh, you know, after sure somebody enough. else was running it. Um, Sounds like he's got, just from the very little bit that we see of his business, uh, or hear about his business, rather, he's clearly working with other people that handle a lot of it. Right. So. And, and he's got these two young kids. He's got this woman who, you know, he now is very enamored with. And yet it doesn't seem like there's even the consideration of, yeah. well, maybe I would think about stepping away from the business mm -hmm. to focus <laughs> on my family who maybe I've been neglecting and this new love yeah. interest that I'm, mm -hmm. you know, crazy about. And with me, it's like, I just, I'm already counting down the days. I mean, I'm 41 <laughs> and I'm counting down the days yeah. to when I'm hanging up my uh, working boots and, <laughs> you know, and just going to ride up into the sunset. So it, it just mm -hmm. seems odd to me the people out there that are so much more driven than I've mm. ever been. Um, yeah. But well, he came from nothing, Alan. You, you were born with a silver. Spoon. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and our low, <laughs> our low income housing and whatnot. Yeah. The lap of luxury. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I guess, you know, it's uh, Hey, I remember you had the Sega Dreamcast. Okay? That's true. I had, a, I, I was a spoiled kid for the low income housing. I, I was stuck with my uh, Sega game gear. That was all I had. That was all that you, <laughs> your family would, would give you. I never, I never had either. Really? Yeah. Did you have a video game system at all growing up? Uh, I had a Nintendo. Oh, okay. Uh, just the regular NES, not a Super Nintendo or anything. Yeah. And then later I had an N64. Oh, okay. It's well, so, a good system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I started off with Atari's were my yeah, first I systems, yeah. and then I think my first like mainstream system was the Sega Dream or Sega. What Sega was the Genesis? first one? No, the Sega Master System. Yeah. Oh, you had one of those. Yeah, I had the Sega Master System. Um, I think that I wanted a Nintendo, and I was going to the store. It was like my birthday gift, but they were yeah. out of Nintendos, so I got the Sega Master System instead, yeah. which was a fine system. I mean, I enjoyed it, yeah. and then went from there to Nintendo, and then the I don't know. I think you had you had a Genesis too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I had a Genesis. I think we both had Genesis at some point. Yeah. And that was I, I kind of liked the Genesis more than the uh, Super Nintendo, honestly. See, I never had but a Super had, Nintendo. I never had another Nintendo until the game well, but came out. Had, well, yeah, we played yeah, we quite had, a bit out there. Right. So, yeah, video games have always been part of my life, though, and, and continue to be with my Xbox One X <laughs> at this point. So, there's a um, so they've got those cabinets now. You know, like the video game cabinets. Right. It's like a game or whatever. Um, and they have a Tron one. Oh, which, did they? Which, you know, um, I just 
Absolutely. Like a Tron-themed one? Oh, like um, the old Tron arcade game. Oh, you know, very cool. It's got like cool. the wooden console. Yeah, and yeah. That's the only game that's in there. And so I was like, I really want one of those. I think that would be amazingly cool to have. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was in Dayton, Ohio, and they have one of those um, brew cades, like with the arcades. Oh, and sure. the, you know, so Basically, all the video games are set for free um, as long as you're drinking or whatever. And so I, I was like, oh, I'm going to play the Tron because I was super excited to see it. And I'd forgotten how tough that game was. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really difficult game to play well. And so it was free, so it didn't cost me anything. But it just sort of shattered my dreams of owning one of those things. <laughs> because I was like, I don't have the free time in my life to master this game. Yeah, <laughs> You know, like, at least, like, if you get, like, the Ninja Turtle one or something like that. You get real good at it, yeah. Exactly. You know, or you can just play. Oh, there's like, four, four players, exactly, too. So yeah, maybe. there's a lot you can do. But it's not like... The Tron one where it's like, well, I'm going to ride a light bike for, you know, 13 seconds and then crash (laughs) and then wait the two minutes while it reboots and goes through the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was a game when I was younger, Silver Surfer, and it's known to be one of the toughest mainstream Mm -hmm. games that has ever ever been out. Yeah. And I beat that game. I remember beating it and I remember spending hours and hours on it and, and I actually still own it. And so I'd hooked up the Nintendo. I don't know. It's maybe been a year ago now. And popped in some of the old games, and uh, I, I, like you said, that even though I beat it at one point, you yeah. know, this would have been probably twenty five yeah. years or more ago <laughs> that I beat it. Um, it. It would take me so long, so much more time than I have to devote to a game yeah. to actually be competent at it again, much less yeah. beat it. So yeah, um, they had the um, you know Super Mario Brothers. And that one came back to me fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, and so that was something that, um, you know, my, my son who's 15 was with us and, you know, he was suitably impressed with my skills oh, on that nice. one and everything. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like, you know, he was Fred Savage and I was the autistic kid in the whiz. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the last, first time you've been <laughs> mistaken for the autistic kid. So. Exactly. But whenever I'm accused of being on the spectrum, I definitely prefer to be in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a good story. I yeah. like it. So we, we go back. Uh, so she had basically turned uh, Richard down. She puts his, takes the ring off, lays it on like some console in the jet. And then she uh, turns to exit. Uh, like you said, there's a little curtain near the back of the room. And she awkwardly remembers, oh, yeah, we're in a plane. Mm-hmm. So then she kind of turns back around. They kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, cut scene one last time. Uh, we see Rose and Dorothy are uh, all finished in the bathroom now, and they're very excited to have the uh, the, the project done. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks real nice. Everything's cleaned up. I think Rose is saying there's one last flange to mm-hmm. tighten up or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Blanche enters, and they are all very happy to see her. Uh, now she's kind of, I guess it's been probably a few days. Uh, she's getting over, you know, her break with Richard. And then they, uh, they, Sophia comes in at one point, and then they say, "Oh, we're all done. Let's let's give it a go." Mm-hmm. They turn on all the uh, the plumbing items. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Rose flushes the toilet. Uh, Dorothy turns on the uh, sink, mm-hmm. and uh, Blanche turns on the shower mm-hmm. all at one time. And then they cheer, "Hooray!" You know, mm-hmm. and which, Sophia, which is like sort of an odd test because like last time they flushed <laughs> the toilet and the shower came on. Yeah. So like, how do they know things are working now? <laughs> yeah, it seems like they should have done one and then the other than the other <laughs> exactly. to make sure that yeah. they were all controlling the correct correct thing. Now, one thing I thought was odd too, which, you know, now maybe this was ceremonial, right, mm-hmm. to do these, but they've already 
fixed the wall and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done a lot of work to repair all of what they had done prior. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say they did a masterful job in repainting and mm-hmm. doing the tile yeah. work and all that. Yeah, it yeah. looks good as new. Um, but yeah, you'd feel like they would probably go ahead and turn those things on uh-huh. once prior <laughs> before filling in the hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think they're putting on a show for Sophia at this point. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, maybe ceremonial just to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but, celebrate the <laughs> completion of the job. But Sophia is not impressed. Not at all. She kind of just says, you know, knock it off. It's water, not oil. Yeah. 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 And then that's where we end the episode. Yeah, she was just surly that the toilet was no longer in front of the TV. Right. Yeah, that's right. She's pretty. She's she's burned now. Exactly. Now she has to do her business between Matlock commercial breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so just to uh, to touch back on our three guest stars, like I said, the two plumbers, uh, Brent already mentioned uh, Lou Allen Blumenfield, and uh, we do get to see him later on in the series. Terry Willis is the other plumber, and, and we get to see him later on. And both those guys were on a, a ton of things. You know, mm-hmm. it seemed like almost every guest actor that's been on this to this point um, has had a successful career of guest acting and yeah. different things. So. It seems like, yeah, I mean, we're 19 episodes in, and any guest actor who has more than three credits, you know, it seems like another one of those credits is either Matlock or Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and, and they definitely span the 80s you know, in mm-hmm. particular and, and up back into the 70s. Now, there was a couple people yeah. on this that also, you know, continued working yeah, well yeah. into the 2000s. But Alan Blumenfield. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Kevin McCarthy, he was the one who played Richard. Mm-hmm. Again, tons of other things. Um, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers probably is his most famous credit that he had. Even was that the original one? Uh, yeah. Even more than UHF? I mean, I would say that in the, <laughs> in the overall zeitgeist, I would say so. But oh, I respectfully disagree. Well, listen, I love UHF, and I know <laughs> you and Ski especially love UHF. So I'm not trying to say that it's a better credit. I'm uh-huh. just saying it's a more famous credit. UHF was the very first soundtrack I ever purchased. That does myself. not make it more famous than Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's again, I'm not at all disparaging UHF. It's a you yeah. know a great movie, and yeah. and I fully support that it was your first uh-huh. first soundtrack or CD in general. Uh, sound. It was a cassette. It was a, a cassette. cassette soundtrack. Oh, okay. Um, that I purchased. I'd had the cocktail soundtrack and the La Bamba soundtrack prior to that, but those were both gifts. Oh, okay. But the first soundtrack I purchased myself. Do you know what the very first music that you purchased yourself was? Was it um, that soundtrack or was there a, the, an album prior to that? The very first tape, cassette tape, that I had purchased myself with my own money uh, was Elvis Gold. Oh, very um, nice. That's the one with um, In the Ghetto and Kentucky Rain. It was like a Greatest Hits compilation that came out like 1970. Hmm. The very first CD that I purchased um, was the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. That's a good one. And so, like, uh, my grandfather, um, you know, took me to Target, and I had Christmas money. I got a CD player for Christmas and a couple of CDs, and I had money so I could buy my own CDs and everything. And so I went, and I got the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, Only Hearts Club Band, and um, Brian Adams waking up the neighbors. Oh. And me, you know, punk kid at 13, I was very clear with the cashier. I was like, you ring this one up first. This is going to be the first CD I purchase. <laughs> and so she did, and then I paid for it, and I was like, thank you. And then I had to ring up the second one because I didn't want there to be any discrepancy when I told that story to my grandkids. Oh, okay. <laughs> Now, have you made that same effort on other, you know, new media? Like, did you, was your first Blu-ray you purchased Godfather or, you know, <laughs> No, 
Um, no, nothing's jumping to mind as far as that goes. Okay, so just with the music. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah. Um, just this is more just OCD than anything. But like, I was at best by picking up um, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They had like all four volumes on sale oh, okay. on DVD. Um, but the way they had them on the shelves, it was like one, three, two, four. And I was and I got them in my hands, but I had to pull them off the shelf in sequential order. Like, here's one, here's two, here's three, here's four, just because I don't know. It would just bother you to have pulled them off the shelf and in exactly out of sequence. Exactly, or to have them ring them up out of sequence oh, okay. or whatever. I want to be able to look at that receipt and be like, "Yep, all's right in the world." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely helps. You know that uh, claim of you being on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> So, but anyway, the I, I one thing I did enjoy on the um, on IMDb the description for Kevin McCarthy mentioned him as a handsome chiseled jawed character actor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, chiseled yeah. jaw. I'll give you handsome, not chiseled jawed. Not, like, at least not at the age that we're seeing him at in this. Exactly. <laughs> like, if you're going to mention anything, mention his voice. Yeah, you know, I mean that's a, it's that's kind of booming. Yeah, exactly. That's a nice voice. I myself, you know, careful listeners, do not have a nice voice. Ah, oh, your voice is fine. There's nothing wrong with your voice. I'm not saying that you have a Kevin McCarthy voice, oh, but yeah. <laughs> but you also don't have a you know Jerry Lewis voice either. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're making the effort to, then exactly. you fully have it in your repertoire. Yeah. Flaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So. We got way too much to get through tonight for me to be busting out my Jerry Lewis. Right. Yeah, we need to save a little something for the next episode. So. All right, so Ski, did you have a? Uh, I think we've all discussed favorite lines as we went through it. Did you have an MVP or who was your MVP for this episode? You know, I think I'm going to uh, go with Blanche on this one. She had a lot going on personally, and I think she did uh, what I think was actually pretty, you know, probably a hard choice. You know, obviously to to turn down a marriage proposal with someone you care about that much, mm. uh, based on the fact that you want him to spend more time with his kids. Right, I mean, she gave up a lot to, because, uh, I mean, not only did she like the guy and, and had to give up the relationship side of it, but also, you know, you're going to become very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if yeah. You quite a comfortable life ahead if, if she'd yeah. gone that route. Well, yeah, and it was just a selfless act for his kids, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the entire way she'd phrased it. It's like, they need their dad, you know. Well, and then at that point, you know, if she really didn't want to have the kids around all the time, if they got that much money, she probably could get a dandy, a nanny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a yeah. dandy nandy at that. A dandy nanny. <laughs> get herself an attractive manny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wonder what Coco's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you brought up Coco. Um, I, I was watching a, a series recently called The Stranger. It's... Um, you know, the, the Where you seri- sit on your hand? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but it's a, a British series. I don't know where it was originally on or if Netflix is where it was originally on, but that's where I watched that. And it was a good enough series. Mm-hmm. But at one point, um, one character th- is referring to another character's husband, or I don't know if it's an estranged husband or ex-husband. I can never quite determine uh, where they were at in their relationship. Did they not have subtitles? Uh, well, I, I just can't remember at this point <laughs> if these two were just a stranger had actually gotten gotcha. divorced. Um, but he refers to the husband as your fancy man. <laughs> and so now I wonder, perhaps <laughs> Sophia was not trying to refer to Coco as being gay, but mm-hmm. was only using it more in a British way yeah. and calling him their fancy man. 
Hard well, to say. Her calling him fancy man is all we have to go on for him actually being gay. Well, that and the claim the that's kimono. out there. Yeah. Well, the kimono. <laughs> the kimono does help. But at the same time, that's stereotypical. I mean, I listen, Brent wears a, a nightgown to bed. You know, there's, or at least he wants to, even if he's not allowed to. So, Which I don't, is exactly what Amy brought up when she came to talk. <laughs> <laughs> she had just finished episode three, uh. which is where that was discussed. So... Well, one of these we days, have come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. One of these days when we get a, a good listenership, you know, say maybe 10, 15 people an episode, yeah. then we'll have shirts printed up and it'll be you and your gown will mm-hmm. be, I think, part of that uh, part of that merchandising. Exactly. Can we make them hold one of the little, like, candle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Scrooge? <laughs> yep, exactly. For our Patreon membership. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if you're on the $20 a month tier, then, you know, exactly. you'll get a Brent in his nightgown. Um, uh, t-shirt to wear. So. <laughs> Your own nightgown. Big, with yeah, a picture exactly. of me <laughs> <and> yeah. nightgown. <laughs> Very meta. <laughs> you can do one of those things where just like like a smaller picture, smaller uh, picture, exactly. smaller picture. Right, yeah. You two in your nightgowns, one on the other, on mine, <laughs> on theirs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so back to uh, MVPs. I, I guess for me... I'm going to go with the same. I'll have to go with Blanche Austin. I thought Rose was the funniest, and I was very torn between the two of them. Um, but ultimately, even though it was a really good B story, and I thought Rose was you know, exceptional in it, Blanche just overall had the most you know, meat in the story. And she had some good funny lines as well. So mm-hmm. she's my MVP on this one. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go with Blanche, um, just for all the reasons you guys have said. Um, and also just for, you know, that physical comedy bit where she's in the recliner on the plane. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know. that one and then walking in. You don't see in. a whole lot of physical comedy you on the series. You don't. Yeah, and especially, I would say that Dorothy seems to be the one who does the most physical comedy with her face. Um, yeah. You know, most yeah. expressions, but Blanche really knocked that little bit out of the park. Mm-hmm. So. She did. So I, I'm, I really like this episode. This was one of my favorite ones of the season so far. Um I, I just thought, again, I thought the B story was really good. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of all four, you know, of our mm-hmm. main characters. I mean, Sophia was a little bit light in this episode, but still. Her, I, her lines were good, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she yeah. she put a lot of zingers in there. Um, for a lot me, of zingers in that bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right in front of the TV. <laughs> She's always dreamed. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to give this one. I may be overshooting it a little, but I'm giving it a six and a half. I really, really oh, like oh. this one. I was going to go to six. six? So, yeah, yeah oh. I was leaning towards five and a half, but I'm going for six now. Six. All right. So, yeah, I think this one uh, definitely was one of the, the better episodes of season one so far. So, with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.